A dance CEO thrives every day with focus on gratitude, growth, and feeling aligned. Unapologetically putting themselves first, striving to become their best self personally and professionally, creating their own definition of fulfillment and success, rejecting the starving artist mentality and competition mindset for one of abundance in all things, including the success of other dance business owners. Welcome to the Dance CEO Podcast. Hello, I'm Audra Allen, the Dance CEO Coach lifelong dancer, choreographer, and educator. I'm a happily remarried, part-time mom of two little humans and three bonus little humans, proud thriver of adult-diagnosed ADHD, lover of the beach, travel, houseplants, reading, and your host for today's episode. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, listeners. So happy to have you with us for this episode. I have with me this week the lovely Melissa Rose. She has multiple businesses and does so many things. I'm actually going to let her introduce herself. So Melissa, I'm so happy that you're with us today. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Audra. So nice to see you again. I'm excited to have this little chit chat. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. (laughs) Melissa, I was actually a guest on her podcast not too long ago, and Mm -hmm. we have a lot of things in common. So you're probably going to hear a wide variety today, including the personal side. We'll dive Mm -hmm. more into that in a minute. But before we get there, Melissa, please tell us What are all the businesses? What are the things you do? Who are you? (laughs) I'm a little crazy. Uh, I first and foremost am a mama. I have five kiddos, ages 20. She'll be 20 this fall, down to 10. And then I have a brick and mortar studio business. So I have a dance studio that I've had for 10, uh, 15 years. And um, I also have an online platform as well called Dance on Demand. So that's my bread and butter business. And in 2020, I started a coaching business that I thought was going to be business coaching, um, helping other studio owners run their business, navigate systems, navigate team membership, bringing on team and all that fun stuff. And um, as I was doing that, and as I was growing my business, the SEO consulting marketing really always was interesting to me. And that's what's really resonated. And people have asked me now to help them with their SEO and their marketing aspects of their business. So it's not just studio owners, it's business owners who specialize in the wellness area in health and wellness. Uh, That is my niche of service that I love helping local brick and mortar business owners. Like you have to have a brick and mortar because that is what I'm so passionate about and uh, that hometown community. And then um, I, I do those two things and there's spokes to all of that within that, but that's what I do. That's amazing. I love it. You know, it's, I'm a big fan of anyone who pursues entrepreneurial journey and also the passionate side of it and that they really pursue what feels good for them. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, just so our listeners know, can you tell us what SEO means and what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So SEO is search engine optimization. So basically when you type into Google or voice memo into Google that your business is being shown up first. And you can do that organically. And it's not hard, but it comes down to consistency, just like everything else. Thank you. Yeah. So I know that for myself, when I have, I've built so many websites over the years back when I first started in college, and they're like, you know, if you're going to graduate, you need to have a, a website. And this is back in 2010, right? So like all of that, And then seeing on there things like optimize your SEO, fill in these boxes. And I had no clue what that was. But over the years, I've learned that 
but it is still one of those things that is not just like intuitive. Like it's definitely some, like there's a learning curve to SEO. And mm -hmm. so it's like a foreign language for so many that mm -hmm. they, they hire people, which for you, that's fantastic. But what would be, let's say someone's like, oh, I didn't know that's something I should consider in my website that I've been building. What would be like three basic things that they should know, like 101 SEO that they could go in and just be aware of to do for themselves? Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's not even to do with your website. It's um, claiming your Google business profile. So, ma so many business owners don't do that. So it's, it's about uh, less than 50% claim your business profile on Google, and then even less than half of that do anything with it. Okay. So yes, you have your URL uh, for mine. It's mismalisrose.com. For you, it's your business but you need to um, claim that Google business profile. So that's first and foremost, and that's just uh, going to maps or whatever and clicking and um, typing in your business URL, claiming it, and then optimizing it. Optimizing, well, that's, uh, let's talk about that. What does that mean? It means checking as many boxes as possible as you can. You can optimize your signature on your email. And that's um, that's kind of a one-on-one thing that a lot of business owners miss is even in your email signature. Um, yes, have a photo. Some people do create this beautiful signature and photo and everything on Canva, but none of it is linked. So if I want to click on your website or if I want to click on your latest podcast, that should all be hyperlinked. And that's an easy way to optimize your signature. So with um, your Google business profile, optimizing that, filling out as much as you can um, to, to the detail. And I have a, a workshop that I'm going to give your listeners that they can grab, but this is... Um, gives you the details of what to do and how to do it and really take advantage of it. Because like I said, about 50% of people claim the Google business profile, but then less than 50% of those people actually do anything with it. So if you want to come up organically without paying for ads, you can do it. It's taking the time to do it. And a lot of it is a one and done, but then there's other things within your website that you can do as well. That's amazing. Also, I just realized there's a few steps I probably missed. So listeners, if you're like, oh, <laughs> we dang all it. yeah, it's just a great know. thing to, to revisit. I highly recommend people just yeah. revisit it like once a year and check your Google business profile. Um, there, yes, there are things you can do weekly within your business uh, profile, but, um, like 80% of it is a one and done. Hmm. So I know a lot of my listeners don't have brick and mortar businesses. They have virtual businesses. Like mm -hmm. my business is virtual as well. Does this, mm -hmm. Does this pertain to them as well? Yes. And I'm so surprised at how many online businesses don't take advantage of that because they say, well, I'm a worldwide business or, you know, have a bigger audience is still want to be found. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking for you, they're Googling you, then they're going to their, your social to vet you and make sure that, okay, your stuff is current. I like your vibe. I like what you're saying. So that that's, I, I've done it myself where I'm like, okay, you, you see these big podcast people, um, and they don't have, um, a Google business profile. They come up other ways though too. So, but if you're, if you're starting out, you, you still need to do that. You still need to do that. And then with your website, you need to, um, and this is where a lot of brick and mortar businesses, especially like not online as much because online, we're always creating new content through a podcast or whatever, but a lot of brick and mortar business owners, they want, they're like, dude, I got my website done. I don't need to do anything. Okay. Check the box done. And our website needs to be updated 
all the time. And when I say all the time, I say at least once or twice a month. And the easiest way to do that is with your blog. Now, online people, we are constantly putting out content with our podcast or our blog or YouTube channel or something like that. So we are updating it, but there was years when before my coaching business that I was like, okay, we got the schedule out in September. We're not touching the website for another, you know, nine months. Cause we didn't have to. And, um, by learning like, no, Google likes it. Google likes it when we update our website, because it tells us, tells them that we're working that we're in business and it pulls those keywords that we're putting out there to our people that are looking for us. I love that. And I want to speak to those who might be thinking, I don't have a blog or I don't do this and this. So if you're thinking right now that you have to go do all this stuff, all of a sudden, just pause Mm -hmm. and you don't actually have to create new content. If you have social media and you've been posting captions, which is what you put in, like when someone sees like your post and then they click on it to expand the text and read more, you can take your caption and tweak it and put it on there. So if you decide like, oh, I a blog sounds like an easy way to update twice a month, but I don't have time to write a blog. Or if you send out a regular newsletter or email to your email list, just take that and put it on there. You're, you're just, you're just multi-purposing one piece of content to optimize your platform. So if you just got like, a, you know, some stress overload from hearing Melissa say, do these things, there's ways to work with it in a way that's still approachable within what your process already is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have so many tools right now to help us do that really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And optimizing those keywords or finding those keywords that people are looking for you. So you get the right people coming in your doors. Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you. This is so good. Um, Also, like, I definitely have some things I need to go update and do on mine. I'm like, thanks for the reminder, Melissa. (laughs) No problem. I love having guests on my podcast because I'm always taking notes. Like, oops, got to do that. Oops, got to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, Melissa's got her own podcast. And so, like, uh, just like for the listeners, like, the truth is, I don't sit here having people on here tell you because I already know these things. Like, I'm on here learning, just like Melissa shared too. Like, I'm always learning things too. And it's just a benefit. And I no longer want to say, no, keep it to myself. I have it so people can tell me and receive it for you as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, if you're like, oh, they already know all this, like, no, no, we're learning too. We're just being more public and vocal about the process. So, a quick tip for those of you that um, many people, use social media. Like they're like, I got to get my social media game up. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, Oh, you know, yes, yes. But we first need people to find you. And yes, people can find you on social, but honestly, less than 6% of your, your followers, your current followers, see your social media. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's your current followers. Now, are they liking it and engaging with it? Well, that's even less. Okay. So that's why I'm so into SEO and email marketing. However, I, okay. So you want to work on your social media. I'll help you with that, but here's a tip. So let's say you're really into social media. You've been consistent and you have your stuff and you're like, okay, I got, I got that. And now you're telling me to do a blog. Well, here's what you do. You take your social media of the week. Which one was it? Which post resonated? Which one got the most likes, the engagement, take that one, cut, copy, paste your copy, put it into chat GPT, write out, please focus this on keywords, like for my studio. Uh, Please focus this on Hudson, Wisconsin, dance studio, specializing in beginner students of all ages. Um, Make it spunky and fun and family friendly. Create a blog post. And then just look it over, tweak it, cut, copy, paste. Now you have a blog post. You can use the same picture that you grab from your social media. Okay. So that's what I mean. We have tools to make mm-hmm. that happen for us. Super yep. slick. And it's really nice. And then you can um, just be efficient and um, 
make a better use of your time and still get the SEO up. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Such a good tip. So those who are like, uh, what chat GPT, like you need to go learn what that is. Now, if you've been avoiding it, AI is the way to go. There's things that just optimize every process aspect Mm -hmm. of our businesses. I actually want to add in that, like I came across software that this person is developing that's in beta phase that you can pay for a membership with it or use the free version and know it's less less size data but you upload your podcast like if you're a producer and then it creates and pulls the transcript, the transcript. All, all the show notes and everything what is it what is it i don't I remember right now <laughs> i don't remember right now off the top of my head because of my adhd but melissa I will Please, you after. and yes. also i'll put it in the show notes for the listeners and seriously i was just talking to a friend about the podcast or like what is where's the ai i'm like there's gotta be i mean i yeah. i've been tempted to play my phone into google voice <laughs> Yes. Transcript yes. I mean, I have a, um, with my guest episodes, I have somebody that does it for me, but for my solo, I just, it would be nice to have that. Yeah. So. Well also not now this is like, I mean, I'm going to support that business. So definitely have the information, but also yeah. there's a software called otter.ai mm-hmm. and that's been around forever. And that can also do that too, for you can run that while you're doing your solo and it can pull your transcript for you. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I will send that cause it pulls, like, it creates like all the things. And for those who are like, it probably doesn't take that long. It takes a while if you're producing your own podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I'm still just doing it myself and I, I'm going to get to the point where I have a team doing it. Mm-hmm. But taking like an episode that's like 45 minutes, I then have to re-listen to the 45 minutes and I'm editing out little things, making sure the flow is good, which is fine. I don't mind because actually it reminds me things and I pull out from there the show note information mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. But I literally on average, if it was 45 minutes, I'm spending about two hours producing Absolutely. that. Right? Absolutely. So so if people were wondering, like, oh, this is be really beneficial. It's a time saver. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then creating graphics and promoting it well, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So finding ways, if you're not in a place to like hire a team yet, there's mm-hmm. software that's being developed that can support you on your journey to then have people work with you. So. And then you name the software, like Barney is my chat GPT and he's my intern. Mm-hmm. So then I yep. just feel like I have a bigger team. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Why Barney? <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me. I was like, I need a fun name. Barney. <laughs> I love it. I haven't named it yet. I think I might need to though, because I do spend a lot of time with my chat just GPT. Fun. Exactly. I love them. <laughs> So good. Okay. I want to dive a little bit more into you as the human behind all the things you're doing, because mm-hmm. as we know, I pull the curtain back on this. That's the whole point of this podcast. Um, so, so I mentioned at the beginning that you and I have a lot in common. One of the key things that Melissa and I have in common that we're both divorced and have children as single moms. I am remarried. And so I have my kids part-time and I see my husband part-time, like it's a whole thing, but we both were actually chatting before we went live on this podcast about just some like transitional things happening with our kids in our lives and what it's like to like have them with us after then the emotional transition from that and all of that. So Melissa, I would love to hear on a daily process, what it's like for you to be a mom of five, <laughs> run multiple businesses and also be Melissa and take time for yourself. If you want to walk me through like morning tonight, just give me some things that come to mind. I'd love to mm-hmm. know. Okay. So right now, today, when we're speaking on July 17th, 2023, I have five children, 20, 19 down to 10. And out of those kiddos, three, obviously three are girls, two are boys, always has been. But, um, <laughs> but when, I got diver- when I got divorced, um, the kids were 11 down to two. Mm. And I had them 60% of the time. Mm. And I 
I was a stay-at-home mom that ran a dance studio out of her basement. And I had um, probably almost a hundred students. Okay. And I remember back then telling my part, my husband saying, I am not going to teach 22 hours a week and be a mama of five kids. This is the last year I'm doing this because that is just too much. And two weeks later, he asked for a divorce. So thank God I had 22 hours of teaching hours. I think more mentally just to keep me busy. Okay. So fast forward, I'm now 50%. Um, my top three girls, the first one, she lives with me in the summer here, but she's in college. The second two, the two girls there, they're with her dad full time. And that really was hard. I'm not going to lie. The middle child definitely needed to go to dad full time. She and I just did not jive. So that ended up being a blessing. But my second one, she transferred over there, um, not this past January, but the January before. And that you guys, that broke my heart. Like when she's, and she did, she was, because we had a great relationship. So I was just so thrown why she wanted to move there. Um, And I think honestly, it was because baby number one, and baby number two shared a room. And that just was a lot. And baby number one's a lot. Um, she's a, she's a high driver and, um, a great kid, but, um, just, it was just a lot of energy her senior year. So that transition, my boys are easy boys, boys, piece of cake. <laughs> so they're with me 50% of the time. They love me. They still like hug me and all the things. Um, so my day right now, y'all, um, I cannot emphasize because my sister's going through stuff right now um, taking care of you. And that is so freaking hard when you were in the weeds of it all. But you guys, when I was going through it, I was getting up at four 30. So I could just have a good hour of me time. And yes, I was so freaking tired. I mean, I had a two-year-old, he was like barely sleeping through the night. And then, you know, your, your life around kids, like it was so intense, but I knew I needed that hour. So that has stayed with me. I still wake up at 445. I have, I sit on my porch or I sit in front of my fireplace, depending on the weather. And I have a good hour quiet, like seriously quiet. And then I go for my morning walk. And then at 7am I'm back in the house and I'm ready to go. And then it's just like, let's do it. Have fun. Um, but then I'm, I'm in bed. You guys, I am not a rock star. I'm in bed by like 830, nine o'clock. Like I'm done. <laughs> I do not pretend to stay up till 10 o'clock. I don't watch TV. My, my night of fun is like, watch, like last night I watched Marie Forleo with B-School, like just watching a training again and just like getting re-energized. And, um, but that morning is my ritual. And then if I'm really lucky on a nice day, I'll take a second walk about mid afternoon just to help me re-energize for that evening, that evening push as parents know, that's the witching hour that never ends y'all that witching hour never ends. It's just like, here we go again. (laughs) But I think that's, that's it. Um, when I first, when the decision was made to get a divorce, um, I remember thinking, okay, Melissa, you're not the first one to do this. You can figure this out. And then Melissa, you're not the first one to open a dance studio. Cause now I, Like I did it 10 years out of my home and it was basically word of mouth, Facebook page. Like I didn't even have a website. Right. Um, But then I was like, I'm not the first one to open a dance studio and like take it seriously. However, I don't know many people who are single moms opening a dance studio with five kids. And that was a little scary um, because I was like, okay, who's going to do this? So um, I tried some things. I tried online curriculum because I didn't want to get a big commercial space because I was just like, I have these kids and that's a lot of overhead and then managing people and raising kids. 
Um, but in 2020, we opened our huge facility and um, I have my dance on demand membership and some other spokes to the business. So it just ebbed and flowed. Part of it is failure, you know, learning. Um, but every, it's just so fun because everything that I do now new, um, you know, even this uh, consulting for people, this is newer. Okay. I was doing business coaching, but the consulting has taken off and it's all stuff that I've been working on in my business for the past years. So it's nothing is ever wasted. And that just always comes back to me. Nothing is ever wasted. You're always learning from it, growing from it, getting better and expanding. So it's all good. Mm. It's beautiful. Thanks for sharing all of that, being so vulnerable with it, because everyone needs to hear this, especially in the dance world when everyone's you know, so used to putting on that facade of like perfection and things are only going to show up in the performance phase of it. But the reality is the journey that gets us there. And if we're not transparent mm-hmm. about the journey, we're all doing that. We're all feel very isolated and alone. So thank you, because mm-hmm. I know there are other single moms professionally mm-hmm. who are trying to do what we're doing and need to know mm-hmm. that it's possible. So I really appreciate that, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So good. Um, full disclosure for me, I never wake up at 4.30 in the morning unless there's a flight to be caught. And with my <laughs> kids, um, my kids are nine and seven. And uh, my son has always been an early riser, even like would wake up before my ex and I did when we were still married. And then my daughter, like I have to coax her out of bed. So I, I take advantage of that. About seven is like my natural mm-hmm. wake up time. Mm-hmm. And for me too, like what I the fact that I wake up that early cracks me up because if you would have asked me in college or twenties mm-hmm. or thirties, um, no way in hell. Um, but now <laughs> it's, now it's my sacred time. Like I don't miss it. So, yeah. If I'm like really craving that in the morning, um, cause I can get in a good, a good chunk of my morning mindset work when I wake up at seven, but I'll get up as early as six. If I want, like, I know mm-hmm. like, I just want to spend extra time on this. Uh, I definitely do my me time at night after my kids go to bed. I definitely take a lot of time there for me going to bed mm-hmm. at the end of the day, recharging for myself is mm-hmm. so nice. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to bed. Yeah. My kids go to bed about eight 30. I, I have to stay up past that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody's different. So it's just, yeah. it, you know, and it may change as kiddos grow or whatever, yeah. but yeah, I just, where, whenever it is, make sure you're in, uh, so you, it, it's you and it, it, you've heard it. You all have heard it. You know, you fill your cup so you can fill others. And it's so true because you can tell when people are not taking care of themselves, it comes out in their health. It comes out in their energy. It comes out in their language. Um, so, yeah, I want to, I don't know if this was true for you or not, but when I was in the thick of it with my divorce process and then transitioning into being a single mom and my daughter, my kids were four and two for my divorce. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was a year post um, her unexpected heart failure. So we're still in like the medical weeds of things too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely put my health on the back burner. And I mean, like going to my eye exams and going to the doctor for my annual visits, like those kinds of things I I put myself off, right? Like I took care of my kids and Mm -hmm. it was, it was probably three years when I finally was like, I have to make this a priority. And then going, of course, I wasn't shocked to learn that my health had declined because I wasn't being active about it. And then also like my vision, if you go through trauma at any point, your vision decreases. And the more you're mm-hmm. in the trauma, the more your vision can decrease because your body's responding. And so like I went, they were like, I haven't seen you in a few years, but your eyesight has changed. Like it's been like five or six years. And so mm-hmm. that was really drastic. So those who are listening, if you've been through anything, but putting off your general health, make yeah. it a priority again, because it's not, there's not going to be anything to be sacrificing for if you're not taking care of yourself. So yeah. yeah. How long did it take you from when the divorce process happened and you had been in the routine of being a stay mom to like making yourself a priority as you were trying to sort it all out? 
I think I did that right away because that was my way of staying sane. Like, mm. okay. So when I say taking care of myself, I was like very intentional about um, my morning routine. Okay. Mm. That's about all it got. Okay. I'm still not very good about going to the doctor and all that stuff. I, I eat <laughs> extremely healthy. I'm very active. Um, still no excuse. I know I should get my blood work done, but I I'm feeling good. So what, um, but as far as taking care of that morning routine, I knew that was because I saw the benefits of it because be- before the divorce happened, I mean, it doesn't just happen. There's years leading up right. to it. So it was years. And I say two, at least two years that I was getting up at four 30. So I was intentional about that time beforehand, trying mm. to trying to plenish myself to get through it. And then, and then life happened and okay. So then routine happened. I'm going to tell you about a story though. So I was dating a guy recently, um, for a year and everything was leading to being together and Mm -hmm. taking the next step. And then he ended things. And this was a person that I just loved like nobody else. Okay. Mm -hmm. And was devastated because I, I just have never had a heartbreak like that ever, like not mm. even with my own divorce. And, um, it was three months later that I broke out in highs. Um, so he, that ended like January 1st and by March 15th, I had hives welts all over my mm. body that lasted for six weeks. So these hives and I was talking to my healthcare people and they're like, Melissa, your adrenals are shocked. You need to rest. You need to take care of yourself. And the thing is y'all is that, and you, I'm sure you've all seen that. Like you, when you're just go, 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 go. And you're so used to it. And I think that truly was the case. Like I just, I go, that's just the way I was brought up. I was brought up on a dairy farm. Like we always work, you know, and we have to physically work to justify getting paid or anything. So teaching and consulting and parenting and being active. And, um, I just, I mean, they were, they were the worst itchy things ever (laughs) and just all over my body. So just, I had spring break where I wasn't working. And I remember sitting on the couch because the kids were with their dad that week. And I just like, I did some stuff on the computer, but I really didn't do much. And I come back to the next week And I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired. Why am I so tired? And then these hives come and they don't leave. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I am just zapped. So it was a huge wake up call to me to like making sure I'm eating enough protein and getting probiotics and hydrating properly. And like, since then I've stopped, like, I really have limited what alcohol I put in my body and just really being intentional health wise, even more so, um, and calm down, Melissa, you don't need to walk eight miles a day, you don't, and, you know, and teach <laughs> and, you know, calm down, you know, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's, a, I know it's a coping mechanism too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so since then, it, you know, I'm single. <laughs> so therefore I, I tend to fill that gap mm. with work and um, being active. So, yeah. Oh, so there you go. That's the vulnerable stuff, y'all. Yeah, that's no, real. <laughs> Thank you. But I love it. That's what we're here for. Thank you, Melissa. Um, well, I'm sorry that that shift happened unexpectedly in a relationship. That's a whole nother dialogue we can go into, but we won't yes, today. Yes, yeah, no, <laughs> um, so vulnerably for myself, I just had the realization a few weeks ago, 
that for the first time in years, a lot of things are in my body are shifting. And I just like my hormone, my hormones are balancing and a lot of other things are happening. And I realized because I've been in survival mode Mm -hmm. since way early in my marriage, because there was a lot Mm -hmm. of not good things about my marriage. So like for more than 10 years, I've been running on adrenaline on some level. Mm -hmm. And like Melissa was just sharing, like she'd been doing it for so long, you know, her body responded and just like was off. So when I finally moved into my apartment at the beginning of this year, after having sold my home a year and a half ago, fighting for multiple years to try and keep the roof over my head as a single mother and then mm-hmm. selling my house and moving out and living with friends and all that, finally having a space that I'm secure in for the first time in a long time, my body oh, is finally shifting out of survival mode and just trying to keep me and my kids okay. And uh, so now just the past few months, I'm feeling and experiencing external even shifts inwardly and outwardly in my body. And I was like, what's happening? But I'm like, wow, I I feel more calm all the time. I'm not exhausted all the time. I'm like feeling natural waves of energy. Like my hormones are balancing and like, it's crazy. (laughs) But it's so real though. Mm -hmm. Um, What you're saying there about the the shift, it it truly is. I've been divorced eight years, you guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of time to process. However, there's, as your kids grow, you're never, I mean, you you get divorced, but you're always connected. Okay. Especially when you have kids. So there's always these layers and these onion layers that get peeled that you didn't even realize you needed to get peeled. And it's, um, like my, my ex got remarried. Okay. That was an onion peel. Okay. Then my ex, decided to reverse his vasectomy and get pregnant. That was an onion peel. Okay. Now she's having a baby. That was an onion peel. Now the baby's here. That was an onion peel. Like that was a lot of stuff for not only for me, but for my kiddos and to navigate Mm. that with them. So, um, just all these layers, um, that you don't even want to think about that you will have to process, you know? Okay. And then the kids get older and stuff. So, your body reacts, um, and it's learning how to navigate. And just, that's why it comes back to me, my morning. Like if I can take that time and really set myself up for success for the day by just being quiet and, um, praying and journaling, if it comes, or just, just seriously, just being quiet is for me. Um, that's huge. I love that. I want to give two analogies to that for ways people kind of understand the importance of it. One on a non-dance analogy is like every time you get in the car, you put your seatbelt on, right? You get in the car, you put your seatbelt on, and that's the foundation. The first thing you do before you drive at any speed, any location, whatever can happen. And especially if you're like all of a sudden having to go faster for whatever reason, you don't take your seatbelt off. You like make sure it's secure. And so morning routine is like that, like you, Mm -hmm. the first thing you do in your day is you put your seatbelt on air quotes, you take care of yourself. So no matter what happens, you know, you're taking care of in the dance world. The analogy is it's your alignment. It's what you make sure that you do what you need to do, that your alignment, your muscular system, your skeletal system is set up and ready to go for whatever rehearsal class, whatever you're about to do versus you just run in cold, try to go for it. And you can't figure out why you're not doing well. You didn't take the time to make sure you were checked in with yourself and your alignment's ready to go. Exact same mm-hmm. thing. Morning routine is your mm-hmm. foundation for you to to be able to be proactive and reactive well to whatever happens throughout the day. I love it. I love those analogies. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to share with routine is, I know for the longest time, my, my concept of routine was that you do have to wake up every day and you have to do like the same things in every order, or like the same order. Like that was like, it was like a rigidity. Rigid, mm-hmm. rig, it was very it comes rigid. from your dance training, Audra. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's like, you think, Oh, this is what it is. But the the tr- yeah, right. Which for some people that works, but mm-hmm. I found with myself, 
and I now recognize also as my undiagnosed ADHD, but also the trauma I was in, that no two days were ever the same. My kids weren't sleeping the same, right? I wasn't the same. And so there was no way I was going to be able to follow that, nor did I want to. And so what I've come to learn and what I share with my coaching clients is that a routine is that you have a routine. It's not that you do the exact same thing the exact same way every single day. So if your routine is that you serve yourself every morning, how you serve yourself every morning can be different how it's accomplished what needs to happen what time of morning all of that the routine is that you have one and within yeah. that there is freedom because you are human and life happens and if you can give yourself grace with that and just know that you are striving to have a routine you have a routine yeah i love that yeah yeah but if you're also in a place where you're feeling more grounded and like wake up every day at the same time as working da, 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 awesome <laughs> love it <laughs> Yeah, but it's not, all, you know, some days there's some journaling happens, some right. days there's showers that happen, you know, I don't shower every day, I shower, you know, I have my days I do that. And, but it's just, yeah, that time is mama time. And yep. I, I get kind of cranky if my kids wake mm -hmm. up. <laughs> Yeah, if I wake no, up to my not. kids very first thing before like I take oh, care of myself, hard. I'm yeah. like, pause, pause, uh -uh. back mm -hmm. out. Like, unless mm -hmm. it's an emergency, I need five more minutes. I'm not quite ready to receive you yet. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Another way too is I even if, so for listeners right now, I would say if there's one thing I would suggest you start doing every day, if you're like, oh, that's a lot, it's kind of a lot overwhelming to think about starting more routine is do something about not having your phone right next to bed. So the first thing you do not do in the morning is grab your phone and immediately start reacting to everyone else's priorities, checking social media, DMs, emails, and responding to them. You are now reaction, re in reaction mode to their priorities and you've already negated your priorities and being proactive. So if you, the one thing you do, I would ask you to be mindful of your process in the morning. If you need to put your phone in another room and get an old school alarm clock, they've got fancy ones now that light up with the sunlight in the morning and all of that. But if that's one thing you could do and you give yourself some mental and emotional space to actually serve you, then you are more prepared to take on the reactionary for other people in the world and the internet because you served yourself first. It will be, I suspect, life-changing if you take that on. Yeah, so life changing. I mm -hmm. recently, um, just to piggyback off that, because I I made this change probably four to six months ago, mm -hmm. and that was getting my phone out of my bedroom. I put mm -hmm. it in my bathroom, and that's where my alarm is. So that way, I have to get up. I'm a huge <laughs> Mel Robbins fan, but that whole alarm clock, I was like, oh, snooze, 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 and. I was like, nope, we're doing it. And so, yeah. And it's mm -hmm. been game changing because then I'm not wasting time before bed mm -hmm. or when I get up. Yep. So, yeah. Cause then if you're in bed and you're doom scrolling, right. For, and you lose yeah. track of time, it's because your phone was accessible. So yeah, mm -hmm. put, put, put your charging station somewhere else. Like we do yeah. the thing, do what you need to do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm human. There are phases that I actually don't do that. So there's like, there's brief phases where I go back into mm -hmm. going to bed with mm -hmm. my phone and I'll step like doom scrolling and I'll yep. see my snooze. And then I'm like, I'm wondering why I'm not being as productive as I want to be or whatever. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I got to check on that. And it's me and my choice with my phone. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. love that. Thanks for sharing that you're working on that too. So good. Mm -hmm. oh, so good. Okay. As always, I just <laughs> want to talk forever, like so much. Okay. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> um, I didn't prep you for this, but no. we've already given some tips and some good insight. What is on the professional side? Um, a current like hack that you have for yourself to be feel like you're being successful. I feel like we've covered a lot of things, but if you're like top of mind, someone's like, what's one thing on the professional side that's a hack for you? What what is it? Well, I'm gonna just share this because it's it was a hit over the head that I need to be better about this again. Um, my business flourishes when I am out of my office and I'm connecting with people. Go mm. figure, y'all, right? The logic of that is overwhelming. But 
It is so true. Like I, summer's intense, y'all. This, I mean, kids are home and the schedules change every week. I have different stuff at the studio every week, camps here, you know, so schedule, I had to cancel a walk with a dear friend twice. And she goes, are you okay? Cause I never cancel a walk, walk, is, walk and talks are my favorite. Right. And, um, but I haven't been out meeting other business owners. Okay. And when I am doing that, my business is growing. And I just saw um, somebody said, if you could give one piece of advice to a new business owner, what would it be? And they said, surround yourself with mentors, not necessarily coaches, but just always be learning and always be networking. Mm -hmm. And whether that's volunteering, like my kids do VBS this week. And I'm like, Melissa, I took a selfish week. I was like, I don't, I just want a weekend in the morning, (laughs) just have no kids. So I was being selfish, um, which is okay. It's okay to do that. Um, but next year I'm like, Melissa, you need to be volunteering there. Cause that's a huge network thing with people. Those are my people. Like those are my families. Those are my mamas that are going to take their kids here. I know half of them anyway, but I'm always like during the school year, it's easier for me to, vo- I'd like to volunteer with the kids stuff. Okay. It, it mm-hmm. gets me out there and out the door and I always wear my little hat. Um, <laughs> but whatever it is for you, if it's a networking, if it's a BNI, if it's a chamber, if it's volunteering for whatever, when you're doing those things and meeting other people, that is a, it's you make it as fun as you want, you know, however your personality is, but it is truly when my business grows. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's the human side of things. Your business is only successful as you're doing personally and our businesses are only, only function because we're serving other humans. And so if we're not engaging that side of it, our business can only do so much. I love that so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. That just had me thinking about, I used to be terrified of networking um, you know, like the dancer side of me, it's like, uh, like, what's the point? What's the outcome? And mm-hmm. I'm actually posting one of my, so my monthly dance CEO masterclass series. And my next one is actually on networking and how it's your secret business power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually that it's not networking, it's nurturing relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like when you shift the, the reframe, it's just a way to think about it differently. So you're just building relationships and continuing yeah. to nurture them. And I personally, because I don't do much in person, everything I do is virtual. right. Yeah. I connect with and I take advantage of networking through other people as well. And it's so funny is this last one I did this particular one time networking event um, virtually through someone I knew the connections that were made brought me back to people in the dance world. I've been wanting to connect with and I went to a networking event that wasn't dance related at all. I love it. And so now I'm establishing these relationships with people I've been wanting to connect with and now to nurture relationships. And it literally just, it's just really about just meeting more people and expanding people who are in your circle and supporting you and you can support them. And there'll be people mm-hmm. you don't naturally connect with just like any relationship. And there's people that you're like, hell yeah. And you mm-hmm. want to build it. Melissa and I met, as you guys all know, my listeners, we met on, on Instagram in the DMs. Yeah. That's how we met. We started talking. We have so much in common and we are here supporting each other on a podcast. and We'll be continuing to support each other down the road. So you just never know. You just mm-hmm. have to start talking and mm-hmm. connect with people. Yeah, for real. And, and in, in your industry and outside your industry, because Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily, it's not, it's their network you're tapping into, like, who do they know? And, um, it truly is like, just, Hey, I like your shoes. Where are you from? You know? Um, and just teaching my kiddos that like teaching Mm -hmm. my, um, college kiddos that, uh, my first one, uh, she's, she's a Vikings cheerleader. She's, uh, very, um, appears to be very outgoing, but she's an introvert. She's I'm an introvert as well. Like we need our downtime. And that first couple of days of college, like she just was, she could not believe that she was struggling as much as she was. And I'm like, honey, you just got to say, Hey, I like your shirt. 
yeah. you look like you're kind of fun. <laughs> My name's Sophie. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and it doesn't, I mean, it gets easier as you do it. I know networking events used to scare the scare the crap out of me. Mm. I so I just felt so fake. I remember a professor in college saying he felt fake being a professor. He goes, I carry my lunch in my briefcase because I just felt stupid. You know, why am I? And I'm like, I feel stupid. I'm dressed up pretending like I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, hey, (laughs) but um, it, it is that network. So yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that is such a vital, vital part of being a business owner. Yeah. And I want to like, let's expand on this a little bit more. I mean, why not? We're already covering so much. Um, <laughs> I love it. So good. I know whenever it's just a side note, like whenever I like try to figure out the title of these podcasts, sometimes like we cover like eight different things. Like I'm like, how do I wrap that up? And like, she knows everything. <laughs> I'm like, what do we do? We talked about so much. Um, the kitchen sink by Melissa Rose. <laughs> I love it. So good. <laughs> the charcuterie board. By Mo- right. Mo- well, even better. Yes. <laughs> um, so Melissa just shared, you know, when, cause really the networking is you're connected with somebody and you're tapping into who they know. And that really is the key is not everybody you meet when you network, or when you start to develop a relationship is your, is who you're going to be working with. It's literally who they know. And when you build a relationship with someone and you're genuine about it, you stay at top of mind for them. And so when they happen to be in a situation with someone else and someone says, Hey, I'm really struggling with this and SEO and like, oh my gosh, I have somebody mm-hmm. for you. And it's not even just, I know somebody, it's I know somebody well and mm-hmm. I respect them and I admire them. And Melissa would be phenomenal to work with you. I highly recommend her. And mm-hmm. the higher chance of that conversion into a client is mm-hmm. through the roof because of the genuine relationship that's developed versus just you handed somebody a business card and you moved on. Mm-hmm. And it's not also just about professional, it's about personal. The people I've connected with on a personal level have supported me in my life personally and professionally because of the relationship developed as humans first. And mm-hmm. then it happened to benefit in a lot of other ways. So if you're just thinking, how can I get clients from this connection? That's one way. But at the end of the day, we all are so multifaceted. There's so many things we can develop and support with people. I don't like mm-hmm. meet with all these people regularly. Like we'll do email check-ins or we'll hop in a, on a call every few months just to see how we're doing and see if we can support mm-hmm. each other in any way. And it's just phenomenal just knowing I have, a, I I work virtually. I've only met two of my clients in person over the five years I've had my business. I work with people all around the world, but I do not feel alone in this because of mm-hmm. the connections and the networking I have built that I feel so supported mm-hmm. at all times. That's and awesome. it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. There's been so much, and I suspect this is not the only time. I always say this, but I just like one. I like, let's just hop on and schedule another one. Like, let's just keep having podcast <laughs> chats. Um, but I would love to know for you as a last, actually, let me back up. Different question. Melissa, <laughs> for all those who are listening, would love to follow you, know more about you, connect with you. How can they do that? Yeah, of course. Um, thank you. MsMelissaRose.com is my website for my uh, consulting coaching business. I have the studio, the dancing house is my studio. If you want to check out what I'm doing there, especially if you're a studio owner and one just with the SEO, like what, what am I doing to make it work and do this blog thing? What in the world? Um, and um, if you go on there, the, um, the um, socials are there. And then my podcast is brick and mortar visibility. So that's where I bring all the goodness every week about um, SEO, social media, parenting, mindset, all that fun stuff. I love it. 
Um, I just I just had a light bulb of the dancing house is your business name. Was you calling that when it was in your basement before it moved into your brick and mortar? So it, yeah. So um okay, I, I just had a, got I had, it. I just understood the connection. <laughs> no, and no, uh yeah. So I had my business out of my house for 10 years and it was one of my first students because it was originally called 180 Dance. And my husband named it because he goes, Well, because you just teach differently, Melissa, because I wasn't a competitive studio. And um I didn't love it. I was like 180. Oh, okay. And I actually wanted to focus on adults. So he goes, you're just doing everything a little bit different than all the other studios. And I, I get it, you know? Um, but one of my private students come, came in and she peeked in the door and she goes, is this the dancing house? And I go, Oh, you just named my studio. And I love it. Stuck of it. Yeah. So I, I love it that. too. Oh, so good. I mean, I just put that together. <laughs> yeah. So it's still the dancing house. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love that. So good. Um, okay. Final <laughs> question for today. Yes. What does it mean to you to be the CEO of your life and businesses? I love this question. To me, it means living life how God made me so I can be my true authentic self, doing what I love, serving people that I care about so passionately and just shining my light so bright because I'm living my life personally and professionally the way I'm meant to be. And I love that. Thank you. So well, so well said. So beautiful. It's been an honor to have you, Melissa. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you. This is lovely, Audra. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And thank you all for checking out the podcast. I hope to hear from you either on Instagram or come on over and check out Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. But thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Dance CEO Podcast, where aspiring or established dance business owners and entrepreneurs learn to become the CEO of your life and business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and rating. To stay up to date and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me, your host, on Instagram at the Dance CEO Coach. Until next time.